You are listening to Destiny Pizzas. Today is Wednesday, July 31st, 2019, week 299. I'm Drew Patel. I'm Mike Steska. This is Destiny Pizza, and it's time for some We Viewed Reviewed. Um, should I just go through everything I watched and then yeah, we can just, talk? Yeah, go through the yours, and then we'll both talk about what we both saw. Okay. So I watched a documentary called Hail Satan? Question mark. Hmm. It's about the Satanic Temple. Are you familiar with this one, Mike? The documentary or the temple? The Satanic Temple. <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar with either. Okay. But <laughs> so because there's like the Satanic Church. Yes. Which are devil worshippers. Okay. And then there's the Satanic Temple. Are they all called Satanists? I guess they are technically all Satanists. Okay. But the Satanic Temple is technically like a political action group. Hmm. Is what they refer to themselves as. They're not really a religion because they're all atheists. But they use Satan Hmm. for religious freedoms. Okay. Weird. So like if there is a local government that has like a Ten Commandments statue, Mm. they're like, you can't have that on your property unless you allow other religions to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're like, then we want our Satan statue next to it. And that's their way of defending religious freedom. Yeah. It's a weird way to go about it, but okay. <laughs> well, I think it's just to like cause like a... a oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. So like if there's a city council that's praying before their meetings, yeah, they're like, we want our prayer to be included too. Mm-hmm. Which is like the fastest way to get Christian people upset, I guess. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. It's like if you were like, I don't know, if you were like... Yeah, I mean, you're kind of going opposite in a way. You go opposite. Yeah. Like, but, so this documentary is about that group and like the founding of that group and it leads up to like the statue being put on some place. And I've heard, I've seen like a few, maybe not documentaries, but one was like a CNN episode about Lucy, was it Lucy Liu? Lisa Ling. I don't know the story, so Lucy Liu's like an actor. So, um. I think Lisa Ling's like the journalist. <laughs> I guess could... Okay. Yeah, I think is that the one her sister was in, like North Korea. Anyways, I don't know. She had a show on CNN, and she did mm-hmm. an episode on that. And then I saw another episode on I forgot who did it. Did an episode on that. Wait, this is about like wait, the I group, forget, the one that's a political act. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But like right. they frame it as like a church. So that's how they get these religious freedoms. Gotcha. But they don't get the sweet tax exemption. They're, like, applying for it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So then, like, one of the things they do is they go to, like, the school district that allows a church group to offer after-school services to, like, to students, and it's allowed to be held at a public school, but it's, like, a religious thing. Mm-hmm. So the, ch- her, the Satanic Temple did like a satanic after school <laughs> event wow and they're like well we like provide snacks we provide like coloring books and stuff and like these people these parents went ballistic <laughs> as you would right yeah like, I see. <laughs> but i just think it's really funny because i think it is like because me as a, i think as a person who grew up not christian in like a very christian area mm-hmm. my view is always like I mean, you want religious freedom. Like, I feel like the line, especially like 
certain places, the line between like church and state is so blurred. Yeah. Where I'm like, we do need that line again. So it's like one of the places, like the senator or something or the governor was like live videoing that like they he like was a big supporter of the Ten Commandments statue. And then when like the satanic people wanted the statue, like he like lost his shit. Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. And then they endorsed like Governor Rick Scott. So they had like a satanic invocation like at his like inauguration or something. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> to me, like that's the perfect sort of just mess with those people. Mm-hmm. Cause I was thinking about when they used to do like the um manger scene mm-hmm. in like Mission Viejo. Yeah. Now I'm cool with it because they have the menorah and like mm-hmm. the they different like, face. The four corners, yeah. They're, like Ramadan and Baha'i and Santa. But I'm like, before that, I'm like, what? how upset do you think people would get if they just had like a giant Baphomet statue? Pretty upset, <laughs> I would think. But like, you can't be. You're not allowed to be upset. Yeah. Right? I guess. I don't know. Kind of weird. It's like public land. Yeah. The city can't say no. But that's yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I don't know. It's like my. That's I guess I just don't know how any of that really works. Because you well, would think you would need a certain amount of people to agree upon something. But like, I don't know if that's how it really does. Work. But I don't think that matters if it has to do with like the religion aspect, because yeah. we do have like the freedom of religion. It doesn't mean yeah. like the freedom of religion of people present there or present there. Yeah, I know. Because like, like the city like, can't favor one religion over another. No matter true. what. It doesn't matter how many people agree with it or don't. I know. It just seems odd to have like it's like two people as opposed to like Yeah, but we have that's part of America is you have to I know, but then you shouldn't have anything. That's well that's what they're arguing. Yeah. Is it like okay, like either get rid of your Ten Commandments statue. Yeah. Like they're like, we will withdraw our proposal for our I get that more so. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like the holidays get all wrapped into it's weird. That's weird. Because it's like, it's not a permanent thing. Yeah, but even then. I know. Then just have like secular Christmas. Just have Santa there. Yeah. But then people would say, like, why have Santa at all? (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's like, you do it because people want that, I guess. I don't know. Look at you, like, having a town that all agrees. What? I think we should have a Krampus there, too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, if you get enough people to back anything, but I think you should have, like, support of the citizens. I don't know. Yeah, but then, like, that's slippery slope. Hmm. But, I mean, if you can't have any traditions or anything, then you're kind of like, I don't know. This should be all done on private property anyway. Why is it not? Like the that's pub- the thing. The publicness of it yeah. is the weird part. <laughs> You're sounding a lot like a Satanist, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know how any of that stuff works. Yeah. So, like... Well, that's a crazy thing. I'm I like, assume I people don't vote individually on that stuff, and they probably No, because, sh- like, shouldn't. one of the things is, like, oh, people's church donated this Ten Commandments. Actually, the crazy thing is, in the documentary, you find out that the, a lot of the Ten Commandments statues yeah. were donated by Paramount Pictures after the Ten Commandments, the movie, came out. <laughs> yeah. They had, like, a bunch of replicas of the prop. And they sent them to local governments. Weird. To like display. They're just like free. <laughs> yeah. And so these people, and then like the thing is they're like, oh, like we were found as a Christian nation. And you're like, well, we weren't though. Like we were found as like a free nation because like people were like religions. 
shouldn't be tied to our government. Yeah. Yeah. To... So it, I don't know. It's weird though, because another it's weird because like, it's so different here compared to like the South somewhere where yeah. it's like tied in directly, and you're like, I, I really get the argument down there because it's like no. But then I went to a city council meeting and there was like a tr- a prayer at the beginning of it, and I was like, Oh, here? Yeah. Oh, weird. I'm like out the street. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm like, this is strange. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's pretty tied up. I don't know how that all works. It's strange. Yeah. But then other times you see people like. I mean, the fact that you, well, you can do it on any book, I guess. It's weird. Why do you put it on any religious book? When, why do you, when they swear in? Because, like, that's supposed, which, like, in the Bible, it's just, you're not supposed to swear on the Bible. But, like. But I know, don't get it. I don't get that. Like, can I swear? Well, like, how is that separation if you're, if you're, yeah, you could. Like, <laughs> somebody, should. somebody did it on what they do it on. Well, they did it on, like, the Quran. No, I know. But the, someone did it on something. Hitchhiker's Guide to the mm-hmm. Galaxy. Maybe I'm just thinking, I think someone dressed up as Captain America and did it or something. I don't know. I don't know if they did it on something. Weird. I would do it on a like an action comics number one. Yeah. Well, no, he's like. I faulty. think you can do it on whatever, but like, it is weird that the. I mean, they why is that tied up in the Constitution? The, why? Yeah, why don't they do that? Yeah. What, doesn't that make more sense? Yeah, you're like I'm. I swear on they, like they, they the oath I'm taking. It. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is weird that there's stuff tied up in the law like that, and you're like, but how did those have two? Because you're supposed to be, I guess, morally obligated based on what you say. Like, wouldn't like you, that's the higher power you're tying it to. They're like, it's not tying your. You're I not guess, tying your words to like some faulty man. Like three hundred years ago, you're tying it to like the person who you believe is like supreme truth, right? I guess, but that still doesn't think. I don't think that doesn't make much sense to me. I'm telling you, I'm going to run on the platform of like, let's get away from all these foolish <laughs> rules. It's just strange. It's just all so tied up into each other. Like, cause, well, I was talking to one of my friends. Because when you're you're just built upon the past, so like once you're when you're built upon the past, there's no way to like start from scratch. Yeah. So you're kind of like, oh, like it was. It's been this like, it's been this way. So I feel like that's that's, that's the, the argument that's, that they that's, use. No, that's well, the kind of the problem with the. No, like I was talking to one system. of my coworkers, and she was saying that when she lived in Phoenix, maybe not Phoenix, in Arizona somewhere. Um, you couldn't buy beer on Sundays before noon. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so strange. Like, why does it matter? Like, what if, like, if someone's not a drinker, but I'm that's, sure. That's like Utah, though. You can't buy it on Sundays at all, right? Or something? No, you or need, they, like, a, they only a have license. Certain, certain alcohol content or whatever. Yeah, and you need a license. You know, like, if you're there, you have to buy a separate license that allows you to drink alcohol. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But that's because the Mormon church is, like, so ingrained in their government. Yeah. That they made all the rules. That's the thing. It's like it. It is religion, but it's also like it becomes culture at a certain point. Which is to me, well, is like, yeah. Well, that's like when we were saying about like certain countries have these those rules, crazy rules. Those... But they like it's because the religion and culture gets mixed up, and then it becomes a lot of the stuff yeah, becomes the same. So it like, could be non-religious. In the other countries that we're talking, like we were talking about, like that. Are you talking about the Malaysia example? Yeah, that one's a little different. But that's different because it's like a kingdom. That's like, specific. But I'm the, talking about like. In general, like anywhere, yeah, it, they get tied up together. Well, did you hear about that Some Netflix documentary called "The Family"? The documentary series. No, it's about like this church evangelical church group that's like been trying to infiltrate the government, like it's a secret organization. Huh. I can't tell if this thing is true <laughs> or like a crazy conspiracy theory. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. I don't know. It always like bugs me when people try to push like that kind of stuff on me. Mm-hmm. 
when I'm like, dude, like, just be cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like you're being really uncool right now. Just be cool. Yeah, I just wish everyone was cool. And they're like, you want to wear this crucifix? And I'm like, nah. And they're like, you really, you should though. And I'm like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to. Let's be cool, dude. That, that should be enough. <laughs> yeah, should be enough. It's not like like when people are like, oh, do you mind if I eat meat in front of you? Like, Go for it, dude. I don't care. It's not like you're not going to force me to eat it, are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess everybody just has their own way. I don't know. People, I guess people like to force things on people. I don't know. Which is that what me. it is? I yeah, don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Just like, don't do that. Yeah. Just be cool. <laughs> yeah. Just like you do you, I'll do me. And like, let's. And we're fine. <laughs> let's try to like keep those things at a safe distance. Yeah. Like, whatever I do, unless I'm like hurting myself. Yeah. If yeah. I'm like about to kill myself, you should probably be like, hey, Drew, you shouldn't kill yourself. If, if someone's like, I'm not going to wear a seatbelt, I'm like, probably should. <laughs> you should, but if I'm, I'm not going to put it on you, though. Like, I'm not going to go into your car and put it on you, yeah. but I will say that you probably shouldn't. You should do it. But if I'm driving, you're damn well putting a seatbelt on my car. Oh, yeah. But it's like, I'm not going to make sure that someone else is buckling their seatbelt in their car. Yeah. 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 In your own car, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be at fault for this. <laughs> no, because not in California, you're not. California, it's the. I still think, like, rider. if they get injured, there's some. Co- the courts will find a way to do anything. Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like if the. I'm just thinking worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a world. No, what Some do you feel about, though? Something. Like, um, it turned out that, like, a lot of private prisons don't give halal meals to Muslim inmates. They don't oh. even offer halal meals. I don't even like the idea of private prisons, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, private prisons, honestly. <laughs> it seems so messed up. But doesn't up. that seem, like, cruel and unusual? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they should have to abide like, by that. I think it's just the pri- the private prison thing. I still don't quite understand. I mean, I know because they can't afford stuff, but it's like stop locking so many people up. Yeah, it's like crazy. I don't know. No. Anyways, yeah, I mean, they should document I mean, the private prison got to be forced to certain government regulations, though. I would assume. Like, I feel like for certain things, you should have to accommodate people. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I think like. It's like, but then it's also the slippery. Like, if someone does have like a religion that's like so specific, like what? what? Like, if they're, I don't know. Like, no, I let's can't just make find... it up an example. Like, let's yeah, just say, like, like you... they're the spaghetti monster religion, and <laughs> yeah. they're like, I only eat spaghetti. <laughs> exactly. So well, that's fine. Just make how do you accommodate? But like, it's like, I gotta have ice cream Sundays. Like, it becomes to a certain point. Like, I don't think. It doesn't really happen. Yeah, so it's but like, if you knew, like the amount, I'm saying the number, the percentage. I know of the Muslim mu- people. It's in completely different. It's like a complete. That's what I'm saying. It's what they can't be that high. No, it's like I'm sorry. I was like, I think it's. What is it? It's really high because a lot of people convert to Islam. Oh yeah, that's it's true. like the highest conversion. Yeah, I'm saying like, it's a dumb example, but like I'm just cr- doing it back yeah. to the Satanist example, which is like that's not a high number of people either. Yeah, but if there but there's a different argument. If I owned a private prison and I wasn't accommodating to like Christian people. Yeah. It would be well. That's still the majority in prison. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, because there's a lot of religious people in prison. prison. It's easier to lock them up. uh, I'm just saying, just the population. (laughs) How many people are Hindu in prison? I don't know. That's the question I'm wondering. It's a good question. (laughs) We're just better people. (laughs) How many Satanists are in prison? I think they're better people, probably too. Well, no, because that's what the, they mention also is like during the satanic panic, they're like, we look back now at the satanic panic in the 80s and we're like, that was crazy. Uh, and 
like silly, but then we also don't acknowledge the fact that like people's lives were ruined by that. And it's just well, like, I don't even know what that was. What was it was that? like when they were like D and D's causing people to go. To the, oh yeah, the devil, and then oh, haven't they been saying that like rock music, and don't they say that about everything? Though? Yeah, but in the eighties, it was like a real time when okay. they were like really scared and like All right. the West Memphis Three. They're like, oh, these three boys are causing these sat- doing these satanic rituals mm-hmm. and slaughtering babies, and it turned out that it was like the daycare that owner or something, mm. and these three people like served time in prison. Mm-hmm. For no reason. They oh. just were like the three town outcasts that like liked metal music. Yeah. And there's like other people who are like literally crazy and then they just like blame Satan on them. And the rest of them and stuff. Yeah. It's so. weird to see the things people freak out about. They get so scared. It's just, yeah. so, like, it's crazy how that's like a, it's like a contagious thing. Like fear in a society. Yeah. It's you know, like, like that one it's, um, um, Twilight Zone episode. Monster yeah. on Maple Street. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, yeah. Uh, it's the way the way the human mind works. Well, the crazy thing to me is like if if you were to like take it away from religion and be like, there's a big boogeyman monster you can control your mind and make you do bad things. You're like, it sounds silly. Yeah. But then like you just associate it with religion. And but you can like, never. Yeah, you just can't. You can't. Do you can't separate. separate the like it's impo- like it's in your head and like logic. Like you could try, but like like we're still such a like young society when you think about it that it's like it's no but i mean all this stuff's been going on for years over there it's like the witchcraft and all that no no, i mean like we're a young society as a people like that's taking the religion away you can't really are you talking about like humans yeah humans 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 well i guess like i don't know it's different because like in like china is in like they're not religious in china so it's like different different places i'm sure yeah but i'm sure they have something else yeah, oh, those people are like not communists. Let's kill them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all your cult. It becomes cultural. Yeah. Thing. Well, that's why I think most of it's cultural over religious anyway. Yeah, well, I don't know. Anyways, interesting documentary <laughs> about this group that like protests interesting stuff. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It was all right. Documentary. Give it like a six. Five. Give it cool. a five. All right. One of the the fountain, like the lead dude, he has like this weird eye, freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, <in the> movie. <laughs> like have you ever seen someone whose eye like it's like glazed over on one eye? It's like looks white, like they're blind in that. Yeah, eye. Kind of, yeah, yeah. He had an eye like that. And it freaked oh, me out. Weird. Reminds me of this person I saw in India when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. It freaked me out too. Sounds pretty freaky. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I shouldn't say that because I like, mean, yeah, it's like they, they can't control that. <laughs> yeah, it's just how they are. But I'm like, ooh, this guy looks like a safe. Like, it's still scary. He, he looks. I mean, there's scary. a reason they, he's, he's like, that look in like movies. He's the person <laughs> in sa- satanic temple or whatever. Yeah. Um. Then I watched the Halloween movie, mm-hmm. 2018 Halloween movie with um. What's her name? Jamie and, Lee Curtis. Yeah, and the that lady from Jurassic World, who's the mom in the beginning. Oh, uh, Judy Ant- Greer, Ant Man's uh, ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah, Judy Greer. That's her name. And um, boy, was this movie fun. I I think it might be scary for you, but I don't know. Mm. It's not too scary. It's mainly gruesome. I feel like I could watch it on a computer. Yeah, it's mainly gruesome and violent. Yeah. I may watch this movie, actually. But this movie did have one of the most disturbing things I've seen in a horror movie. Oh, interesting. Which was really, like, it was really metal. That teeth thing from the trailer is pretty, uh... That's the thing. Oh, is that it? it? That's pretty, uh... 
freaky. Pretty game. freaky. Where you, she's in the bathroom stall, and you hear the teeth falling. She looks yeah. at her, and her bloody teeth. I'm like, oh, jeez. And they're like, in the movie, you see like the guy who the teeth came from behind. Like, oh yeah, the guy's at the. It's at a gas station. He's at the counter. He's like knocking on the glass, and you see this guy slumped over, like looking away, and it looks like he's asleep. And then they show to the other side, and his like jaws all busted up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a fun movie. But then. It's cool because, like, so they made this a direct sequel from the first one. They took out, like, two through seven, whatever movies existed. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, they're like, oh, yeah, I heard she was his brother or his sister. And then, like, the granddaughter's like, no, that's just a myth people said. But that was, like, a thing. <laughs> that was that a they, real movie. Like, that was, like, in the third movie they say, or second movie. They say, like, oh, yeah, it's because yeah, she they, was adopted. But, but that takes away things, the horror of... Yeah. Michael Myers. That's the reason that they yeah. didn't do it because I was doing all this research. Uh, I generally like like are, you think it's necessary to like hint hint like do stuff like that. I, I kind of like that in movies most of the time when they acknowledge like sometimes movies will acknowledge certain things like a meta like, comment. Yeah, yeah, that they're they're um retconning or whatever yeah, they're doing. I like that. I I generally like it too. Like when I guess it'd be like when Deadpool. I guess when Deadpool does it too, mm-hmm. or like. I assume the next Terminator might do that. I don't know. I just feel like they always do that. I'm kind of like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a reminder for the audience of like, oh yeah, like ignore all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that helps. And um, so this one's really cool. It's Laurie Stroh. I guess her name is Ju- um. What's her name? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. That's so she returns from the original. Mm-hmm. She is now a grandmother. She's twice divorced. Doesn't have the best relationship with her daughter. Tries to have a relationship with her granddaughter, but she's kind of like an agoraphobic, so she doesn't like to leave the house because she's like. But she's super... in that same house she grew up in, or yeah, so, and she's like <laughs> okay. super paranoid. I'd like, I'd like to get out of the house as soon as possible. Uh, she feels like she has unfinished business with Michael. Okay. And I was reading about I feel it. Like and she's like, more crazy than him. That's what a lot of people say in the movie. <laughs> like they write her off as a crazy person. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because like. They since they write her off, you're like, oh, like, is she crazy or why was she the victim? Like, why was she the one, like, one of the people? And it's yeah. just the randomness of it is yeah. what makes it scary. And that's why they said that they took out like the sibling relationship because it would make Mike Myers less scary to the average person because you're like, oh, yeah. I'm not his sister. <laughs> There's I'm no grudge not- against me personally. He, but He's not going to f- come after me. But a random but any- act of violence is always the scariest because yeah. you're like, I could be that. It's like the worst lottery in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, most sick. people are murdered by somebody they know. It's like, well, good. I don't. I don't know yeah, anybody like, like Michael Myers. <laughs> but then you hear about like Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and you're like, that's even more scary because he would like break into random houses. Yeah. Like, oh and no. And then like rape people. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so and murder them, and you're like, ooh. Like, that's spooky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, Halloween was sick. And the, they kept a lot of the themes from the original movie. Like, literally the theme song and, like, the opening sequence is very similar. And it was really sick. It was awesome. Yeah. That seems like the definition of the movie that's sequel reboot. Like, they like did it. Se- they nailed it. That's the right way. Which, like, a lot of, a lot of places missed the mark. But yeah, it's like, cool to hear that they did that well. Yeah, they it feels very honest or truthful to the original. Yeah, 
because that actually like enhances it after like so much time has passed. Yeah, and you're like, this is cool. I want. I was tempted like, to watch the first one again. Yeah, and it's cool because like there's a whole mythology in the movie. There's a mythology of Mike Myers, and there's like this guy who's trying to study him. Like, why did this happen? And there's like this podcast who's like. There are these people who try to podcast or are podcasters about him and they're trying to investigate why he did that and what his tie is to the mask and everything. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty awesome scenes though. I like I like the idea that like a whole lore develops around him, but he's just some nut job and like the well, mask was convenience and this was just random. I like I, I like though that people are trying to justify. Like, yeah, like it seems like stuff. We I do feel like nowadays. that's what they do with real serial killers. Yeah, like, well, some of the stuff is just coincidence and. They're crazy, yeah, <laughs> and something you can you can only learn so much. You you can learn a lot, but like some things are just like are just random, are just weird, yeah. And that's what makes him scary. But yeah, that makes like it, he's yeah he's almost like a real because it's unpredictable. It's like a real kill, yeah, like a real serial. Yeah, killer he's a and the cool the crazy thing is like yeah he's the somebody like the closest to like the a real serial killer that villain, we villain get compared to like a freddy krueger Fre- or Freddy-Kruger jason or something who are but just... the crazy thing is this came out three years before friday the 13th hmm. really which was like the the quintessential slasher movie like. yeah so it's like it's really surprising to see stuff like that <laughs> yeah i really recommend it if you like that it's all worth it for like the final confrontation scene mm-hmm. oh it's so sick relax Makes you like start cheering or cheering for these characters. Yeah, is is really oh, I dope. Like, uh, yeah, and yeah, I like moments like that. I mean, the whole movie, you're like, "What is going on? <laughs> this is crazy!" It's like a wild ride, and then in the yeah. end, you're like, "Yeah, nice." Um. So yeah, I give it an eight. Like this movie was. I'm disappointed. It took me so long to watch. And then I watched a documentary called Jack of All Trades, and it's about baseball cards. Do you remember, um, did you ever watch, what was it, Blowing Up with Jamie Kennedy? No. Where he tries to be a rapper? I think I've seen bits, but like, There was another guy in that, that show with Jamie Kennedy called Stu mm-hmm. Stone. Mm-hmm. So this is a documentary about Stu Stone. Oh. His dad was this real, he grew up in Canada, in Toronto, mm-hmm. and his dad owned this baseball card shop. And he was like the godfather of baseball cards in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so they're ta- it starts out as a documentary about baseball cards because he has to go to his mom's house because his mom calls him and is like, I'm tired of all these baseball cards in my house. Get rid of them. So he's like, I'm going to make a lot of money and we're going to do the documentary starts out as like the documentary of like going through your trash and finding that million dollar thing. He takes it to a card convention and the guy's like, I'll give you 40 bucks for the box. Yeah. And then it pivots to like a documentary about his family because his dad like left him when he was like 13. And they're like, well, well, and then, then, but he's like, I don't want it to be about my dad because I haven't seen my dad in like 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. I want it to be about the baseball card industry. Yeah. And like you see him fighting with the director, like in the movie, in, in the, the movie <laughs> of like him being like, well, your dad's a big part of the whole thing anyway. So we need to talk to your dad. So it was interesting. Are they actually going to talk to his dad? Yeah, they like find Does him he have down. a? Has he seen him since then? Or nope. Like twenty five years later. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. His dad <laughs> literally just up and left one day. Yeah. Just find that crazy. The first time he's like, "Oh, we're, ma- we're making a movie." Yeah. <laughs> so it was all right. 
It's mm-hmm. kind of stupid. I mean, I feel like I... It seems like they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> well, like, they talk about the history of, like, between, like, tops and upper deck. And then how, like, the Kent and upper deck first year... Well, they talk, go back to, like, the first Mickey Mantle rookie card. And then they talk about upper deck and Did how... you end up selling it to someone else for more money, or...? No. It was really only a $40 box. They ended up torching all the cards. He's like... Because his dad's like, wow. the only way you can make money is by destroying car- as many cards as possible. Because... In the 80s and 90s, they were printing so many baseball cards. Yeah. And so, like, the number one card for Upper Deck, that first year that they made cards, and, like, Upper Deck came out, and we're like, we're the better baseball card compared to Tops. Like, they used finer card stock and everything. In 1989, they were like, number one card is Ken Griffey Jr., who was a rookie at that time, but they're like, we're putting all our money on Ken Griffey Jr. And the, his dad was saying, like, after, in, like, the in like the 90s or something he was at a card convention and one of the former presidents of upper deck came up to him and is like i have a box full of ken griffey jr cards i'll sell to you and he's like they were just printing those cards yeah non-stop mm-hmm. because they were like why would you print like a bunch of cards that are worth like 25 cents when you can print a card that's worth a hundred dollars but so, are like, they really worth that no like, that's the thing. They're overproduced. They're overproduced. So yeah. now they're worth nothing. Yeah. Like, everyone has a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Yeah. You can get them for, like, two bucks. Exactly. I mean, that's... there's the, literally thousands. But then, like, when they the talk thing, to Upper yeah. Deck, he, like, goes and talks to Tops. and goes and talks to Upper Deck, and they're like, yeah, now we're very serious about, like... <laughs> trying to limit it. Yeah, trying to limit it and everything. And even the current president of Upper Deck is like, yeah, we never printed out only Ken Griffey Jr. cards. And the guy's like, bullshit. I don't believe it. Yeah. I totally feel like we're almost at such a saturation point you don't know what's going to be valuable because like there's so many people who just collect stuff well it's so like it's that like, with like that, that well that's anything like, like comics like, thing, you can't buy a comic now and be like it's gonna be valuable and like the whole thing that they talk about is like the reason a lot of these things had value is because moms threw them away exactly their parents threw them away it's not expect once you know that thing, thing possibly could have value it's probably not gonna have value because you're like because i he was saying that in the 80s and 90s, he would have customers who weren't card collectors, but they were buying cases of cards just yeah. to store in their closet because they thought that that was going to be the thing that got him rich. Yeah. But this guy did buy three cases of these hockey cards. Like mm-hmm. one of his business, his dad's business partners bought three cases of these hockey cards for 75 bucks each, and they ended up being worth $10,000 each. Damn. And he was able to buy the baseball card store from his dad That's for that, awesome. with that money. Yeah, you got the the rare exceptions, of course. Like so that's is, why so many people try because they're like it's an interesting documentary because it's not a documentary about baseball cards. It's yeah. a documentary about someone discovering their family and their history in this specific industry. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. And like you see people, he meets people along the way that he met when he was a child. He met his dad's old business partner that they thought they had a falling out between, but like he ends up being like, "No, oh, your dad like." is responsible for a lot of my success today and stuff like that. He's like, mm. I always think about your dad and I'm always grateful for what he did for me. Stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm ruining yeah. every <laughs> Sounds like every bit. I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> every interesting aspect about this documentary because <laughs> most of it is just uh. like, yeah, I, I don't know why I even started watching it. Because <laughs> it's like, I think the description on Netflix is like, mm-hmm. documentary about baseball cards and the, or like a person discovers that they're, or no, someone thinks they have a million dollars worth of baseball cards, but it's not worth <laughs> anything. And I'm like, I want to see someone get broken hearted. Uh, at least, uh, yeah, at least they tell you up front. 
I'd be so annoyed if they're like, oh, he's got this collection. And at the end, they're like, it's worthless. I'm like, why did, what? Why was yeah. that what this was about? But they do this montage of eating during the credits of them eating the gum that came in the packs. Yeah. And this is like 35 year old gum. And the guy's <laughs> like, it's hard candy by now. And uh, I'm like, oh, God. Like, you just see all these people eating this gum. Uh, and I was like, I'm not a big gum chewer in general. Old but, gum sounds like the worst thing yeah. to me. Ugh, that sounds gross. But yeah, I would say this is right about with Hail Satan. It's just as <laughs> an interesting level. It's he seems like a little bit whiny and annoying, but yeah, I mean, as I gave it to him because it is a pretty serious deal thing that he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. But some of the behind the scenes thing, like you could tell that, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff you didn't really need. But hey, I watched it. All right. But then both pale in comparison to we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, we did. Quentin Tarantino's love story to Hollywood and his highest grossing uh, opening weekend for a movie he's ever done. Yeah, forty something million. Yeah. And um, I think I did like six million in previews Friday night or mm. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And um. It has eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, critic yeah. score. Mm-hmm. It's hard to though. It's I don't know because like it's a different kind of movie. It's a different kind of movie. It's very it's, much about Hollywood. I think if mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously stuff I need to do more research on now. Yeah, like, definitely. If you have a history, like if you're just an older person, I'm sure you'll love it. It helps more if you know about the. Manson murders. That will help. It would definitely help. In detail. Like, I didn't know it. The murders yeah. happened at Roman Polanski's house. Mm-hmm. It would have been good to know that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I always assumed it happened at, like, some random person's house. Yeah. Because, like, Quentin Tarantino plays with history, but you don't know how close he's playing to history or how drastic, well, how yeah. drastic he's playing from history. So, you're like, okay, did this happen here when? Or, or is it that just inconsequential? Yeah. Because, like, his attention to detail is pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, it's cool seeing all the old school stuff. Like, mm-hmm. old school LA. Old school, like... Which, I'm... These the che- whole time he was... Anytime they did an outside shot, I was mm-hmm. always looking at the background. Because I'm like, yeah. he had to have missed something. Like, yeah, how... Yeah, yeah. How could he not get... Like, how much of LA are you sectioning off for these shots? Yeah. Well, he shut playing- down all of, like, Hollywood Boulevard for certain... Yeah, but like stuff. you can't just shut down Hollywood Boulevard. You yeah, have to shut down ba- Hollywood Boulevard yeah, and then like three the, blocks on each direction. Yeah. And then fill those areas with cars yeah, that you are get old. All the, yeah. Because I'm like, this is crazy. Like you don't see any sign that it's new. Yeah. It's really impressive to see like all like, like even the, the street signs that tell you the speed limit, those look old. Yeah. Like I was just overall impressed with all the like there's so many like little scenes. Like there's just so much of like little stuff. He's like, you had to create a whole thing just for like a two-second shot on a in the movie. Yeah, I'm like this is pretty nuts. A lot of feet in this movie, though. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Quinn, you're really upping the. I mean, everyone knows it at this point, but it's yeah. like it's really weird you're doing it like more so. A lot of dirty feet. It's like I understand you do the one foot scene. That's for you, okay, whatever. But you're doing like two or three of them. I'm like, yeah. stop it. It's, it's just this is just weird now. Um, there's one memory that I had that struck in my brain when we were watching the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie theater Sharon Tate goes to. Yeah. Do you do you have any significance with that movie theater at all? Which theater is it? 
Do you remember that time? I, I feel like that to... theater is like the common, like looks like a, a lot of theaters look like. Do you remember one time we went to UCLA and we got Diddy Reese sandwiches and we were sitting in front of a movie theater eating we, them? Yeah, that's is, the is that's that that where theater? we were. Gotcha. Yeah. Where we were sitting under that, where she takes Very a picture m- with that poster. Yeah, that's where that's, we were sitting. Okay, eating ice cream sandwiches. Makes sense. I was like, I've seen that theater before. <laughs> I know I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's like it looks like a lot Mike of theaters. This. I didn't know it was that exact theater. No, like we sat on the ground eating yeah. ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of cool. Yeah, but it was nice because I was like Musso and Frank's. Like this this year, Musso and Frank's is celebrating their hundredth birthday, mm-hmm. and it's like one of my restaurants on my bucket list to go to. Yeah, and I was like, maybe I'll go for my birthday this year. Mm-hmm. Just go and have a fucking crazy yeah. night and get drunk as hell. <laughs> in LA yeah but it's like all those things are really cool at the end of the day it's like a really good buddy movie yeah I kind of think it's like a it's a movie about those characters more there's no like it's not really a plot driven movie it's kind of like you're studying these two like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt mostly and then Mm -hmm. Sharon like Margot Robbie Sharon Tate's in there a little bit but she doesn't do doesn't really do much you're kind of like following her but um yeah and then it like leads to a point but like mostly it's not like you don't know the plot of the movie really as you're watching the movie. No, you're kind of just following these. You're two guys. watching these a guy who's like a Hollywood has been and a Hollywood never been. Yeah, like yeah, and there were interesting things though because there you would see the movie, you would see Leonardo DiCaprio's character appreciating like being appreciated. Yeah, but at the same time, you see Sharon Tate appreciate being ex- appreciated in the movie theater. Yeah. And you're like, they're not so different. Like, he thinks he's on the downswing, she's on the upswing, yeah. but they're at the same level. Yeah. Especially when the movie ends and she, like, you, you find something out. Yeah. But boy, were those last 30 minutes. Whew. The, probably one of the most fun things I've seen in that, a movie. Yeah, that was incredible. Like, I think it starts with the scene where you see, like, the Taco Bell light up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember when that happened, because someone online mentioned like, "There's this Taco Bell in Orange County that Quentin Tar- that they made look like the a first school, one, yeah. and Quentin Tarantino was seen there." Mm-hmm. And because I'm a big Taco Bell fan, so I follow the Taco <laughs> Bell news, of course, and that's how I found out about it. Because yeah. I was like, "Do I want to go to this Taco Bell like <laughs> for a chance to meet Quentin Tarantino? That'd be pretty cool." <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was. I really dug the movie because I think. It like exposed me to this area of Hollywood that I I didn't really know about. Yeah, but it seems like it's also very self-referential. I wonder if Quentin Quentin Tarantino feels like he's like past his prime. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, it's hard hard to tell. I've yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he would think would say because the scene there's like the scene where they mentioned like the violence and everything mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and i was like that seems like it's his direct message to hollywood like oh, yeah like you guys think it's the violence that's causing these people to do things these people are just crazy to begin with yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah i see that they're just there. blaming the violence yeah they've been doing that forever though yeah but i really liked it i mean it's the hard thing is when you're comparing it to his other movies yeah yeah that's always the the hardest thing because like but I at I, the same time yeah. I don't think so because like Django yeah okay, not really like there's the some, level of action throughout pretty, in Django yeah is a very good amount of I guess it action. just depends what you're expecting coming in to it exactly Inglorious Bastards had some action throughout the movie but mm-hmm. 
a lot of it was developed. It wasn't as development driven as this movie. Like in this movie, like it's full on development for the first. Yeah. Two fifteen. Yeah, about like two hours. Yeah, and it's, minutes. it's it's a long movie too. I I I liked it. I I enjoy. I didn't really. It didn't feel too long to me though. No. but like it was a oh, long I'll movie. I'll tell you, it but... felt long to me as soon as I realized I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm that like, always did. Oh too. crap! I'm like, <laughs> do I get up? I think it was right around the light scene too. Yeah, right around when I the had, good stuff. Like the, when the movie's the, like, the... I was like, do I get up now <laughs> and ask Mike like what happened, <laughs> or do I just hold it and like? become an excruciating pain yeah i held it was it worth it it was 100 percent worth <laughs> yeah, it yeah there's no way yeah if you would have missed that part boom. yeah i, I would not have been able to explain it pissed. it's like you know what happened <laughs> crazy <laughs> you're like the craziest crazy stuff craziest 30 minutes in any in any movie ever yeah it just played out so perfectly yeah because cool. yeah I don't know. Was, I think the movie comes down to if you like hanging out with uh, Brad Pitt's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Yeah. Which I thought was like a good time. Well, like, I was like, those are like the two, that's like the friendship dynamic where it's yeah. like an unspoken bond kind of. Yeah. And I was like, Brad Pitt's character is freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going through it. He's just, he's just enjoying his life. He's like, okay, like he gets the whole... Like I'm a has been like, too. Like you're my stuntman, but he's trying to keep me around. He's like he's like a good friend. Yeah, and like yeah, you got these two guys that are just like on the on the downslope, but they're just gonna hang in they're there. Still as, supporting as long each as other. Can yeah, and he's still like like you're a great actor. Like he's he still believes in him. And uh, yeah, it's just a cool little cool little pairing that those two. Yeah, which is like surprising that it took so long, right? Yeah, yeah. But then does it? Weird you out, because it it bugged me when I saw Leonardo DiCaprio. There's like a scene early in the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio is looking at Margot Robbie, uh-huh. and I'm like, because at that point I didn't know that was Sharon Tate. Okay, yeah. And well, I forgot. Yeah, I, like I think I knew already going in. And then I was like, oh, is he going to be attracted to Sharon Tate? And then I was like, but that's weird because like in Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> yeah, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't play anything on no, that. No, they didn't though. do anything. Like but that. yeah, I I, I kind of had the same reaction. I was like, like that's a weird direction to go in this movie. I thought. Yeah, but then but they that, didn't do it. No, so. but it's always weird when it's like people from previous movies. But he was more. He was looking at Roman Polanski. I think. Yeah, he was more <laughs> in. Like, Holy shit! Like, director, man. Roman Polanski. <laughs> that's a weird aspect of the movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I think he was just so career driven. Yeah. But then there's like these small details where I'm like, oh, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like the dog scene and then the fake dog food brand. And I was like, I want yeah. that logo on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the weird flavors too, like rat flavor and raccoon yeah. flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, that dog know, was really, the best. That dog was so cool. Yeah. Then, yeah, just the way they set up everything was just like, okay, we're watching this. All right. And then like stuff pays off and you're like, I always forget sometimes when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, oh, those might ha- have consequence to the lady in front of the movie. I'm just like, no, I'm just watching the movie. Well, the one thing I had an idea, there's like a scene where he goes into the shed earlier and I'm like, okay, like that's our Chekhov's gun moment. Mm-hmm. Like we got it right there. I was like, I'm curious to see how it's going to become Chekhov's gun. Yeah. But it's going to be Chekhov's gun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was awesome. It was such a fun movie. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun stuff. 
What do you give it, Mike? Ugh. I want to give it. A, I'm going to give it a seven. I want to okay. give it an eight. I'm close, but I want to see the uncut. I, I give it an eight. Yeah, I, I just can't separate it out from version. like. I do enjoy like a a more. I I enjoy more plot driven movies where mm-hmm. I can follow it, but so that I can't give it an eight for there, but. But but I, I really I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um I don't I kinda wanna see like I that's one thing I do with uh sucks. Um mm-hmm. is I wish the movie ended differently. Yeah. A little, like I wish we got one more scene of like the next yeah. the next yeah. day. That is the cool thing about the movie. I mean, it's cool and like sucks. Like you want the movie to. It's like it's a long movie, but you want it to keep going. That's yeah. the thing. You're like, and that's, I do want to see more, which is like it's good to leave you on that note. And it, but it's also like Quentin, I want to see more though. <laughs> it being a Quentin Tarantino movie, I'm sure if they do something like they did with the Hateful Eight extended version, yeah, this works perfectly also for that format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We true. got a mini series on. In a oh yeah, yeah. Thing, you you know? feel like you're wa- you're watching a lot of acts. Of, yeah, you, they don't break it up. Do they? They did chapter wise though, right? In Hateful Eight, in the miniseries, or no? Or is it different because it's the show? <laughs> they didn't. Um, it's not the same. Like in the movie, I don't think they do the chapters. Okay. I still feel like and in my head they do though. <laughs> maybe in the TV show, it's just I forgot. What it, I think it's like the blizzard, the haberdashery, or something like that. And then Domague's Secret and something else. Yeah. Like, they have titles, but... Okay. But yeah, you can definitely feel the... Like, almost you could segment it in your own head. Also, I didn't know Kurt Russell was in this movie. Yeah. That was fun. His wife is Zoe Bell. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Michael... Bruce Lee scene was fun. Bruce Lee and Michael... Michael I mean, I forget. I don't know the actors, but... Whoever played Bruce Lee. There was, like, a small cameo in the beginning. And it was the guy who was Bud from Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. I forgot who he was, though. Let's see. But yeah, it was fun. I liked her a lot. Fine, that'd be great. <laughs> Not so easy. I don't get why some of them have like separate. Oh, just unnamed character. Oh, I do want to see the, all the cut because like Burt Reynolds was supposed to... not Burt Reynolds the actor, but. Yeah, like he said, there's a lot of footage that didn't make it. Didn't make it. Like that's crazy. Like there's so many famous people cut from that movie. I'm sure. Do you think Roman Polanski's outfit in the later in that one scene is the same mm-hmm. as Django's outfit? Oh, I don't know. Didn't really notice. Because I was like, this guy looks like freaking awesome powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now that I think about it, I think it's the same outfit Django oh, wears. Oh, weird. Maybe. To the, it's a Playboy party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's pretty similar. Where does it, they don't they have a picture? It is similar issue. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm curious to see what else. Yeah. Um, let's talk about TV. All right. Uh, I watched the first episode of The Boys, that Amazon show. About the superheroes. All the superheroes, and they're all dicks. But every, the world thinks they're all great and stuff, but they're really, like, assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I'll probably keep watching it, but... Not really my flavor of superhero. I don't, I don't like that every single person's, like, a dick. It's, like, kind of... I know, like, in regular superhero world, like, everyone's, like, a good guy, but, like... Everyone being a dick, too, is on the same side of the spectrum, where it's, like, yeah. it's like kind of weird. there should be, like, some nice ones. Yeah, it's kind of weird that, like, well, it's all, like, I guess, like, superheroes are all, like, privatized and corporatized and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of a weird world that I don't, I don't super enjoy that world. It just kind of sucks. I'm guessing this is based on, like, a comic book series? I think it's based on a comic book series. I think the same guy that did Preacher and stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's still a, a, a different, it's definitely different than any other superhero thing that's out there so it's interesting to watch um but yeah it's a, it's a very cynical world I guess but they're all like dicks they all but everyone thinks they're great and they're saving people but like there's a bunch of like cover ups mm-hmm. because like they're worth so much money that like all pop culture even if they make like a mistake yeah everything seems to be based around them like the pop culture and and everything so if they make a mistake they like cover it up and they they just try to like yeah, it's just them them putting a face, and then the two guys are going against, basically going against them, because like they they see them for what they are and stuff. So it's interesting though. Check it out. Yeah. And I watched two episodes of the Hateful Eight extended version, so half of it, mm-hmm. but it's still like two hours worth. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of scenes added. Was there anything added that, or can you even remember what, what? was added? Yeah, that was, was there anything added that was good. That was. I mean, it all made, flows well. Yeah, but it's just like, but it's just almost unnecessary. Yeah, you're like, oh, like now I know why it was cut. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the whole thing though and see. It's just like little bits of conversation. You're like, okay, like I wouldn't have. Yeah, it's going on even long. Like they yeah. that movie already like is a long conversation, so yeah. it's like to add more to that. It's like okay. Yeah, it's all right. All right. Let's talk about discussion. Yes. Phase four, what are you most excited for, Mike? Most excited for phase four? I'm actually going to go with the Eternals. I mean... I'm actually, like, that's most... Not, I don't that's surprising. Yeah. I think that's one of the, like... Yeah, I know, but, like, you wouldn't think so before, because it's just, like, I don't know anything about the Eternals. Yeah. Well, that's true. But I guess that's because why I am the most excited, is because, like, I don't know anything about the Eternals. Like, nobody really does. Like... Guardians, I didn't know anything about in that, so I I just have trust Marvel at this point that I'm like uh, that cast is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they they're they're doing something, and also I I like a lot of the Marvel movies that like set up for something. So I assume this movie is gonna seed some like you don't make this movie unless you're it plays in the other movie. Like this seems like a movie where we're gonna learn a lot. Yeah, it's gonna build into it. Uh, build into something or seed stuff, or and I also like history, so we get a bit better history mm-hmm. of like that Marvel universe. I like that too. So there's just like so many little elements that I'm like, like as much as I, uh, I, I'll like the Black Widow movie as like a movie. 
Like, I doubt that's really setting up that much no, for the future, not. but, like, the Eternal seems like a totally weird property that you wouldn't make it unless you're trying, unless you have some kind of idea of how that builds to something. What if in the Black Widow movie we find out that she has a bunch of clones? In the- <laughs> and the Natasha. Yeah, I'm waiting for the first. Have they done clones yet? They- I don't think they've done clones yet. Wait Even, to- like, Vision doesn't have a clone, which is, like, the easiest one to do. Yeah. Because he's, like, But maybe they-, maybe they do bring him back. I don't know. WandaVision will tell us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Eternals, that cast is just so crazy. And I'm like, I, I want to see what they're doing here. This is just a, it's a weird out there one that people know very little about and that there's not very many comics on, really. Mm-hmm. So that, that'd be mine. What, what, are, what are you excited about in Phase 4? I'm excited for Doctor Strange. Multiverse, Multiverse. Madness. They, that, on the title alone, they sold me. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably right up there with me. Yeah. That Doctor Strange movie is going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be pretty Wanda, I mean, get Wanda. a team-up movie. Well, we you don't know. Do- we don't know, actually. She could be the bad guy. She, that's what I think gonna they're going to set up for, like, House Wanda of Vision. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Also, I, I'm psyched to see Doctor Strange at his Infinity War Endgame level, where he's, like, a badass. Yeah, and he, like, knows what he's doing. Yeah. So. That's cool what, stuff's coming. Yeah. Next week. Next week, uh, my discu- uh, discussion is going to be um, who would you want to be the next Avengers team? Who do you think is going to be the next Avengers team? And we're going to limit to six people because you, you could easily just you say, could like, easily just say everybody. And then, which is they may end up putting a lot of people in that movie. But I'm just who would be the core Avengers team that they'll probably go with moving forward? So it's going to be interesting to because they're so, their roster is so big now that it's like who would they go with? And yeah. What are they setting up for? So we don't know about the next Avengers movie, but they're not going to not make one eventually. Uh, so yeah, who who would you want your six, your team? Is, there was an original six, so who would be the new six? The new six. The new six they would go with. On Netflix today, Kengen Ashura, part one. The Letdown, season two. The Red Sea Diving Resort. And Wentworth, season seven. Come back tomorrow for America's Sweetheart. This week in Movies and Now. And Trailer Talk. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Destiny Pizzas. Until next week, grab a slice and enjoy. Goodbye.